Maybe if I were stronger, I would have. Gary Hoffman. He called me at my desk at lunchtime and asked me, uh, was I free for dinner? Shannon Farron. I was supposed to take her out to dinner that night. Gary and Shannon. There is no fuzz on that. insanity my daughter is going to be 17 years old how does that ways. make you feel i don't i don't she's know. your baby child no i'm numb now i'm numb it's over numb. is that why you've been nonverbal this morning she's gonna no Oh, I, I did notice earlier. Well, he uh, he came in hot today responding to somebody on Facebook that was calling us out for not knowing our constitutional law. And uh, we all know that that's just not true, that we are scholars of the Constitution. And when I saw his response, I said, I'm not messing with you today. I don't know what's going on in there. but USA. Uh, USA. It's not good. Uh, Do you want to talk about it? Which part of it? What's the constitutional scholarship? No, or the... uh, what, what's what's created your special mood? No, it's just just normal day, normal day. Well, it looks like healthcare, fix this face. That's what I'm gonna do. Immigration and race. It was all on the table last night. We will get into that. The heat wave that has just smashed into Europe is now over Greenland. They say it's accelerating the melting of its ice sheet, causing massive ice loss in the Arctic. Well, Jay Inslee was right then. We don't have any time. We're done. And Andrew Yang said we need to move to higher ground. Also, a gas pipeline exploded in central Kentucky today, killed uh, one person, sent five more to the hospital. That's one hell of a way to wake up. Well, uh, in Detroit, Joe Biden is actually holding court now outside uh, a neighborhood in Detroit where he's trying to kind of clean up some of the stuff that he did last night. Um, He seemed out of sorts. He did seem out of sorts. He seemed, I am going to say, adult. He misspoke several times. To his credit, he was, again, a target. And it did make Kamala Harris looked like she was elder abusing him. It was uncomfortable. It at was times. uncomfortable. I, I think the 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 end of the debate was really the, the moment when I said, "Uh oh, Joe isn't he's he's not good at debates. At least the, this round of debates, he's not good. That's and not his strong suit. Uh, he's, he's the guy like we just saw. He just wrapped up this, you know, standing on the street talking to reporters and people." That's where he shines. That type of an environment. Human where he, connections. Yeah, he can be the down-to-earth guy, and he can be the calm guy, and he can be the nice guy. The, that's where he's going to connect. And In I hate to say like it, that, that's no. why he's vice president. You know what I mean? That's why he was the vice president. <clears throat> yeah, he did I'm, not come across as a brilliant mind last night. No, he didn't come across like he knew his stuff, and he had a hard time zeroing in on what the question was to him or or what his uh, response should be. I think part of it was he knew he was going to be on the defensive and he, in his answers, was trying to prevent attacks against him. 
nothing he was going to do was prevent was going to prevent those people from going after him last night. Kamala Harris on one side, Cory Booker on the other. Bill de Blasio from his side of the stage way over there when they were talking about immigration. It was not as um, it was not as pronounced last night how divided the Democratic Party is uh, compared to the first night. Because in the first night, you had three or four people who were trying to bring some sort of moderation to the very progressive, very uh, socialist left end of the Democratic Party. John Delaney and Steve Bullock were trying to say, listen, these are impossible things. We can't pay for all of this stuff. Last night, it seemed the only person who was doing that was Michael Bennett, who looked like... Michael Bennett... He looked like a, 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 I'm trying to, th- a basket full of aliens that were living inside a human body trying to make it act like it was human. Yeah. What did I text you? Oh, child, or Michael Bennett looks like a child molester. And then I backed off of that a little bit. Or a human doll in a horror movie when the doll grows up. I mean, I, I was having a hard time getting, getting the visual squared away. Yeah. And his opening statement was something to the effect of blah, 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 blah. We're not going to beat Trump with empty promises. I'm going to beat him. And it was just And then an that, odd, like the, the mistimed point. Yes. I'm it was so awkward. Him. So awkward. Um, but my favorite moment, I think, in the night was when uh, Gildebrand... Kirsten Gildebrand was not paying attention, and she got caught up. She got caught on it. That was very They're like in your response, and she had this deer in the headlights look, and she's like, "Oh crap! What were they just talking about?" It's like, girl, you cannot lose focus. No. Like, but I, I think your- part of it is when you're up there with nine other people, and someone is blabbing over here. You're yeah. trying to formulate in your head, "I'm going to come up with a great line." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're taking notes, and then all of a sudden, Senator Gillibrand. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What is right. it? Right, right. That's is exactly it juice what time. It- <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what it looked like. When we come back, I'm going to play some of these cuts for you from last night um, and and talk about what it is that this means going forward. You know what it means going forward? What what I couldn't get out of my head is how Trump would eviscerate any one of those people. The only Mm. person that is going to face off from these two nights with Trump is going to be Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. He'll, He'll kill anybody else. I think all he's got to do with those two, I mean, it's funny that in terms of policy stuff, they would be able to explain I mean, things. in terms of balls and character and presence. Hmm. All right. I'll have to think about that a little Anyway, we'll come back and continue our coverage of the uh, last night, the second night of the Democratic presidential debate. Oh, oh, oh. Debate. And, and another favorite moment is Tulsi Gabbard telling Kamala Harris that she's going to have to apologize to everyone she ever prosecuted. That the criminal, What the hell are we doing? When we started talking about, they did this then the first night as well, when you're talking about criminal um, prosecutions and whether you want to call it, you know, incarceration reform, criminal justice reform, whatever, you do not have to demonize law enforcement officers around the country. But that's all they did. Julian Castro explaining why cops are so bad in this country. What a condescending little... And we need to to change every police department in every city in the the United States. And Tulsi Gabbard was almost crying over all those, and I think I'm quoting here, poor people on death row. Right. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Incredible. Twilight Zone. All right, Gary and Shannon. Oh, and Joe Biden's giant missed opportunity when it came to immigration. Yes, we'll do all of that. Oh, on. gosh, there's so much to do. So much to do. Monica. Call John and Ken Morgan. Tell them to stand down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
I don't want to drive home at six. Okay, never mind. Never mind. We'll call that. Just uh, all I see is Heidi Watney on Quick Pitch on Major League Baseball Network when I hear this song. You know, football season's here officially. I know. Today? Why today? I think the first game is today. Is this the Hall of Fame game? You check her. You realize that? (laughs) Yep. Broncos Falcons Hall of Fame game. Interesting. 5 p.m. The uh, stories that we're following, of course, are debate night two. We'll get back to that here in just a second. Also, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to tell you the story about uh, Facebook announcing the first takedown of an influence campaign, they said, designed to uh, to get involved with our election. This one, though, not from Russia. We'll tell you, of course, who uh, who's behind it. And people who live near that gas pipeline that uh, Shanna mentioned, Junction City, Kentucky, said they woke up in the middle of the night because of the noise and the shaking homes. This uh, explosion killed one person, sent five others to the hospital. Uh, One of the women who lived nearby said when she and her husband looked out the window, it was so bright that it looked like it was daylight outside because of this explosion. One of the big fights last night at the second night of the Democratic debates, health care. Biden defended Obamacare and a public option, and then others pushed for the Medicare for all overhaul. It seems like health care is the big fight going on among Democrats and what that should look like in this country. Yeah, and who gets who gets the stuff free? There's a lot of discussion about um, people like you and I who have health care through our employer or through a union, whether or not we would be able to keep that and for how long. I mean, there are some some of these Democrats on the stage the last two nights had said, why would we take away some people's insurance if they like what they have? Right, and I don't know if I trust the government to put together well, health care for all, to that's be honest. A, that's a whole other issue. I mean, you just yesterday were at the DMV, and I, hadn't heard, I haven't heard anything about your story. I'm but going I, back to the DMV today. <laughs> I rest my case. I have case. a story. It's boring, but uh, it's baloney. Well, the it's idea, malarkey, as Joe Biden would say. When they were saying yesterday, uh, I'm sorry, the night before... When Elizabeth Warren was talking about these, you know, all these forms that you have to fill out because insurance companies cause. Hold on a second. Is there is there a suggestion or is there a belief that the government is going to streamline the process? They're going to do it better. (laughs) You can't even have the DMV in the state of California figure out how to make sure that my real ID complies with the federal law. You can't even get. Somebody who works at the DMV in Glendale to understand that correspondence from a credit card company is one of the accepted forms to prove your residence. I'm let, because yeah. the credit I card want, says Banana Republic and not like Visa or whatever. I want. She's like, this is a Banana Republic card. I said, coming from a bank. She says, no, it's coming from the store. And I'm like, we're not going to debate this right now. I'm just going to go back home, find the freaking deed to my house, and bring that in. Because you're being ridiculous. Did you say that? No. Oh, come on. I wanted the you're being ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. It's coming from the store, not a bank. Who do you think the... Who do you think issues the credit card? Who do you think issues the credit card? I, this last night was one of the, was one of the moments that I thought Joe Biden missed the opportunity to say something. This was Bill de Blasio going after Joe Biden on immigration. Vice President Biden, 
I didn't hear your response when the issue came up of all those deportations. You were vice president of the United States. I didn't hear whether you tried to stop them or not using your power, your influence in the White House. Oh, Did wow. you think it was a good idea or do you think it was something that needed to be stopped? Mr. The president, president came along and he's the guy that came up with the idea, first time ever, of dealing with the dreamers. He put that in the law. Okay, he ignored the question. The question originally was 800,000 people deported under the Obama administration, um, more so than the than the Trump yeah, administration. And, and, is it good or bad? And who were those people that were deported? They were the bad people. We're not talking about asylum seekers. We're not talking about young mothers with two babies in tow who Barack Obama then deported. They said... When they were going after and cracking down on immigration violations, it was also because they were going after what they said was the worst of the worst in terms of criminal violators. And Joe Biden, Joe Biden was so afraid to say that those 800,000 people all had criminal records in the United States. He was so afraid to say that. And I don't understand why. Because when he even said last night, you're going to have to get in line talking about the immigration policy, it was like he swore and slapped people's babies. Like, that is how far left the Democrats have moved to where if you say you're going to have to get in line, that is offensive to people. I'm, I'm, this is why they are, this is why the Democratic Party is going to absolutely lose again if they continue down this path. Because there's such there's a such a lack of acknowledgement. The vast majority of people in the United States want to know that the border is secure. You can, from that point on, you can argue about whether our asylum rules are right, whether we are doing it correctly, whether there's a, the, enough um, men and women on you know in court situations to be down there to adjudicate these asylum requests, et cetera. Don't forget how successful the president was when he campaigned in 2016 and he brought up sanctuary cities and the ridiculousness of, of those that, that there's a, that there's a city that there are cities in California where they are hiding criminals from ice because they don't want them to be deported after they get out of custody for committing crimes. Katie Steinle's name will come back. Yeah. And it's an easy argument. That's the thing. That That's an easy argument. If Donald Trump wants to get on stage and ask Elizabeth Warren if she has any idea who Kate Steinle was and what an impact that has, I mean, the, those things are so simple and they go so far out of their way, like Joe Biden did last night, go so far out of his way to explain, yeah, I fully supported that because those 800,000 people that we deported were the worst of the worst. Now, there's arguments... The technicality of whether or not they changed the definition of deportation, etc. Cory Booker had the night of the, uh, the line of the night. Mr. Vice President, there's a saying in my community: you're dipping into the Kool Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Uh, you need to. That was, I should say, the, the laugh line of the, the night. Reforms that we put in place. Joe Biden had asked him why, on the first day that you became mayor of Newark, New Jersey, New Jersey, did you establish a zero pol- zero tolerance policy? Uh, for stop and frisk, where he was encouraging cops to cut down on crime in his city because he picked up. I mean, Newark was a, was a hole yeah. when, when Cory Booker became the mayor. You know, Cory Booker's answer should have been because I thought it was going to work. And crime did go down. That's why. That's why he knew that stop and frisk was going to work. Now, of course, there's a racial undertone to it. Now, now that you attach somebody like Rudy Giuliani's name to it and add a negative connotation to all of this. But Cory Booker has to admit, I thought it was going to work. All right, coming up next, it looks like 
people tied to the government of Saudi Arabia are trying to infiltrate Facebook and Instagram. Hmm. At least it's not Russia. <laughs> Gary, is it? Gary and Shannon. Shannon, big stories we're following. Joe Biden says he feels pretty good after that debate. He was uh, talking with reporters in Detroit today. He said he was surprised about the criticism that some of his rivals aimed at Obama. Yeah, Cory Booker had a line, something along the lines of you you can't um, hide behind Barack Obama when it's convenient. Um, talking about health care, the difference between health care and immigration, etc. Mike Pompeo says the Trump administration is ready to resume talks with North Korea. But he says a meeting between the two sides is unlikely this week at that Asian security conference in Bangkok. And some local news, California limiting full contact practices for youth football. New limit is full contact par- uh, practices just 30 minutes per day, twice a week. Of course, trying to do something about brain injuries. 30 30- 30 minutes a day, twice a week. Yep. Wow. Um, there is a, a story about trade that we'll get to when we get into Swamp Watch. The president uh, apparently says he's going to put 10% tariffs on $300 billion worth of Chinese imports because the uh, trade talks have been dragging on and that they would take place on September 1st. We've seen this before, uh, more of a threat than anything, but it has worked in the past, these threats to get some of the uh, to get some trade talks moving. So we'll keep an eye on that. Facebook in the news today. Facebook says it has found and taken down a covert influence campaign linked to the Saudi government. That the people behind this campaign who are linked to the Saudi government ran an expensive, expansive operation involving hundreds of Facebook pages and accounts. They built fictitious people. And they were well resourced. They spent more than a hundred grand on ads on Facebook and Instagram. It's expensive and expansive, and they involved the campaign that had more. They said uh, more than a million followers. Now, w- Facebook in the last couple of years has really stepped up its investigation staff. I guess you could say they have hired people with backgrounds in intelligence, in law enforcement, and in journalism. To all be part of this team to try to track down and close down these coordinated campaigns on the platform, including those that would spread disinformation, those that might be linked to other governments, etc. Some of the Saudi pages posed as local news websites targeting people in the Middle East and North Africa. Other accounts were run using personas made to look like locals from countries in those areas. The network of pages and accounts would post about the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's economic and social reform plan. They bragged about the success of the Saudi armed forces in Yemen and frequently shared criticism of neighboring countries like Iran, Qatar and Turkey and called into question whether Al Jazeera and Amnesty International are credible. Now, this is this is a thing I the. How the Facebook investigators are able to determine that this is linked to some sort of government actor, some state, nation state actor in this case, all comes down to the IP addresses, who's writing the checks, all the bank accounts, that sort of a thing. But there is plenty of people, I would assume, who would be willing to post this information on their own. 
that would act independently and say, the Saudi crown prince is my guy, and we're kicking ass in Yemen, and Al Jazeera lies, and Amnesty International is not real. I, I mean, all of these things. It's that when you have somebody who's dropping a couple hundred thousand dollars on ads all the time, and they're coming from one place, and it's one sort of, uh, you know, the tip of the funnel that is in charge of getting all of this, that's how they find this stuff out. One of the things, uh, one of the guys that they say is behind all this is Saud Al-Khatani. I knew it. He he happens to be the Saudi Crown Prince's communications chief. Mm-hmm. He has also, along with the Saudi Crown Prince, been implicated in the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, the uh, Washington Post journalist. And we know that he has purchased hacking services from people and was allegedly involved in the creating of fake social media accounts. So they look at this guy and say that uh, and show that he's got his fingerprints all over these accounts that are all over the place. And they say that's why they believe that these are all fake accounts. These well, personas are made up. The, the kingdom basically rolled on him and some of their of uh, the crown prince's aides with the Khashoggi murder murder. Uh, so he and a bunch of other aides were relieved of their positions in 2018. I'm using finger quotes there because apparently they're still operating on behalf of the crown prince. But this way, the kingdom gets to say they did something about the murder. And in all, I mean, when you look at how many people, groups, etc., use Facebook on a regular basis, the numbers sound tiny. We're looking at 217 Facebook accounts that they say they took down, 144 pages, five Facebook groups, and 31 Instagram accounts. That's it. What's the difference between an influencer on Instagram saying, oh, my gosh, these bathing suits are amazing, click, click, and uh, Saudi Arabia communications director saying, we are killing it in Yemen. Like, isn't it all about brand awareness and brand promotion? Isn't that what Facebook and Instagram are for? Yeah. Pretend? I I guess, though, that there's a concern that people are going to continue to believe the things they see on the Internet. Well, I'm going to continue to believe that that bathing suit's going to look good on me, and I'm going to order it, and it doesn't. Oh. I, that sounds it never very, does. sounds very personal right now. Like, you're... You're not the only one having a tough day. <laughs> hey, let's talk about music. Uh, okay. Alt 98.7's annual Alt Summer Camp is back. One-day festival concert featuring a lineup with full sets by Cold War Kids, The Head and the Heart of Monsters and Men, and more Saturday, August 3rd at Queen Mary Events Park in Long Beach. Get your tickets at AXS.com. Keyword, Alt 98.7 Summer Camp. You think Woody's going to write me back at all? No. On Twitter? No, I don't. Because you have a reputation up on the fifth floor and I'm sorry, and we've tried to make headway on fixing and rehabilitating that reputation, but I don't know how far we've gotten. Well, I want to find out more about what he's doing. He's doing a 100, 100 in oh, 365 100. campaign or something. Yes, I heard that. And he wants to lose 100 pounds in a year. Why don't we get him great. on the show? Well, he's not here right now. No, I know, but we can, across the... we can reach out to his producer. And we have a show tomorrow, I think. We do have a show tomorrow. At this point, we have a show tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how the day is going to go. A couple people on his show are doing it with him. Well, I wrote, a, I tweeted to him, and I just said, "Hey, we're we're cheering for you," and uh, maybe I'm going to email Victor. I think we start at ten tomorrow. Good idea, Gary and Shannon. <laughs> My, I'll share the
Big stories we're keeping our eyes on. Debates. Second night of debates last night. Joe Biden was really the target, but uh, Kamala Harris had a couple of shots taken at her as well. She seemed uh, like she wasn't in a great mood. Like she knew she was going to have to fend off attacks all night right out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, What's interesting is that uh, just like Joe Biden, I think that's not her best uh, the the best look at her personality. Which I think she does so much to me because she was a prosecutor. It's like she should be able but, to think quickly on her feet. Not that she can't think quickly on her feet. It's just that it's the like the not likable version of her, as opposed to sort of in uh, in a smaller environment. I've seen speeches where she's in a restaurant or something like that. Yeah, and or just hanging out with, and it, it's much more laid back. It's much more relaxed. It's just that she was very tense almost. That's a word. Other big story today. The president, as you mentioned, says that we will be applying a new tariff of about 10 percent on about three hundred billion dollars worth of products from China starting one month from today. That these slow moving talks with China will continue. But they are moving forward with that. We're going to get an update at the top of the hour as well on the story of the F-18 crash from yesterday. F-18 that crashed out in Star Wars Canyon. Very well known place to go check out uh, some of America's uh, most incredible uh, weapons platforms, shall we say. This F-18 crashed and uh, killed the pilot, we believe. Was that a 107 or 101 year old old woman on uh, some local news this morning and then they did the old, what's your secret? Raise your hand if you want to live till 107. That doesn't sound like fun. Lake does. Blake doesn't know what it's like to be 28. Okay, he has he hasn't had aches and pains yet. Is that what I've had aches and pains for years. Anyway, she says the secret to living to 107 is staying single. So there you go, Monica. You're on Tinder. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna live forever. (laughs) Questions for you, Monica. I'm not on Tinder though. Oh, you're not. Have you ever used Tinder? Yes. Okay, good. Then we can we can definitely need. We'll we'll ask you for some expertise. Can we get you back on Tinder and control your profile? Uh, yes. Awesome. What? Yeah. Do you know who Stefan Pierre Tomlin is? No. Well, he was Tinder's most swiped right man in 2017. Uh, listen mm. to his music video. Ugh. It is it is oh, honestly no. the worst song I have ever heard in my years. I am who I am. I'm here you can see. The point being fake. This is who I'm meant to be. So don't be going bougie. You know you want to choose it. So I write tonight. The queen in my booth. Do you want to link up Oh, am I? Hey, am I right? This is wow. terrible. It's really bad. You want to hook up tonight? Swipe right, and they just say it over and over and over. And he can't dance, which is too bad. But anyway, <laughs> but he knows how to knock that profile out of the park. Well, Stephon can Pierre. I say, can I say that most people on Tinder aren't really looking for substance in that profile? Oh well, then he's nailing it. Yeah, he is absolutely nailing it. He um, happens to be dating a woman now, at least I guess, who was on X Factor last year in Britain, Natasha Boone. I don't, whatever. Uh, He has, Stefan Pierre has some tips for you uh, when it comes to Tinder to try to make sure that your profile stands out so that you get more swipe right. (laughs) Uh, They say, don't say that. They say, swipe right. Uh huh. Number one. Swipe right tonight. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Number one. 
Make sure your first photo has a brightly colored background. Yes, yellow says, or blue. Yeah, yellow okay. or blue. Check. Make you stand out. Um, include a sexy holiday photo, Monica. Yeah, like a oh. poolside pic of you having fun. Oh, I thought it meant like you in a sexy Santa suit or something. Mm. <laughs> like a sexy holiday photo, like a holiday. Mm-hmm. Like, here I am at St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> wow. You laying under the Christmas tree. Oh, my God. Um, make sure that you're doing something different in every one of your photos. Oh, yeah. Make okay. sure you're well-rounded. You're Check. a renaissance person. Uh, be active on the app at 2 p.m. on a Sunday. That's the peak That's time, he says, for for the app as users are recovering from a big night out and planning dates for the week ahead. Oh, that sounds exhausting. Quick, quick question, though, Monica. It's okay. Clear this up for me. Um, oh, music off. This when, is serious. Yeah, this is very serious. When you're swiping right, mm-hmm. is the point that if that same person that you swiped right on swipes right on your picture, then you get a notification that you've both swiped right? Yeah. Okay. So you swiping right on somebody doesn't automatically send them a message that they that you thought that you wanted to hook up with them. It was that it, it's got to they both have to be connected. The only thing and I think this is only on Tinder. I can't remember if it's on Bumble as well. The only thing is that you do get a notification. And you can see when someone super likes you or super swipes you mm. with like more pressure. I mean, they yeah. definitely want some tail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, your profile just comes up randomly in their uh I lineup. super like you. Uh, uh, yeah. You can swipe right for new matches after 10.30 on a weeknight. He says that's when a lot of people who are afraid to s- search through the app in the middle of the day, they'll right before they go to bed, they'll do that. I do that. Did you uh, crack a joke in your bio? I do. What, really? what is it? What is it? What's the joke? Can I suggest one? Give me one? the joke immediately. Can I suggest one? Sucker for a... a wait, what did I say? Wow. Uh, sucker for a great smile and a big butt. Uh, humorous. Yeah. What about this one? Do you like raisins? Mm. Do you want a date? Oh, Let's God. hope your wife doesn't leave you. Oof. We're going to have to do some serious maintenance on that thing. Oh, sucker for a big butt and a great smile. That's mine. Um, it's just playful. Don't give away too much. He says keep your bio short and snappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then avoid group photos, especially in those I first do. three pictures, because you don't want no, you don't, you don't I want actually, any confusion. I right. actually put emojis over my friends' faces. That's smart. Yeah. That's cute. Keep or just them. crop them out of together. Who needs them? Monica, well. I would super like you. Oh, I already super like you. God. Aw. Being nice today. <laughs> well, a bunch of local stories we'll get to when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Turn this crap off. Talk about that. Gary and Shannon. You know, I rely on your wife for a couple things. KFI AM 640 and iHeartRadio. One of the things I rely on her for is to tell us no. He's my hero. Yeah. When we get something for the office or when we want to get something for the office. Right. And she did not say no to the altar slash pulpit. She was willing to spend some of her own money for that. Yeah. She was willing. I asked her how much she would spend on a pulpit. 
And she said, I don't what is it, two, three hundred bucks? I don't know what a pulpit, what the pulpit market is right now. And I said, would $35 do? And then lo and behold, we find out that Nick got it for half that. It was half off day on pulpits. Yeah, we got a pulpit for the office. It doesn't really fit. We had to uh, fold up the ping pong table. A lot of mistakes in our design. It's a design lot of statement. mistakes. Uh, Eric Holder, former attorney general, has uh, been tweeting to Democrats today uh, in response to last night's debate and said, listen, stop going after Barack Obama. Instead of denigrating his record, why don't you use it and build on it instead of trying to tear it down and suggest that it was a bad eight years for the for the uh, country. I would love to be in this jury room right now. A jury, a jury is deliberating in the damages phase of the Katy Perry lawsuit. They're <laughs> this, trying to determine if Katy Perry's hit Dark Horse featured a beat lifted from a Christian rap song titled Joyful Noise. Oh, it did. So they're just going over and I'm assuming listening to the songs and trying to deliberate on if that is the case. Let me see if I can find the one that we had. Here it is. Uh, let me get these just a second, and I'll play them all so we can figure that out. Katy Perry. Uh, which one do you want first, Katy Perry or Joyful Noise? Joyful Noise. Joyful Noise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Katy Perry, Dark Horse. Yeah. Both of them together. When you slow down, actually, you slow down the Joyful Noise. You put them together, they actually. Wow, you'd be the foreman. Could be. I don't have to. They're considering the amount of money, if any, uh, Katy Perry's creative and business partners owe the plaintiffs. A lot. That's so unchristian to go after her for that. Why is that unchristian? You can't sue people? Blake? Uh, uh, You can. Yeah. They did it wrong. I guess they could donate the money to God. She's also a pastor's child, so she should know better. Right. Yes. She's a pastor's daughter. All right. Um, bottom of this hour, Mollenbeck is going to join us. We're going to be talking about a lawsuit that's been filed against L.A. County Department of Children and Family Services. But we want to start with this uh, this hour with the search for the pilot of a Navy fighter jet that crashed in Death Valley National Park. It in, Now, listen, yesterday when we saw this, all we knew that it when we saw that a plane had crashed was that it was up in the northern reaches of the Naval Air Weapon Station, China Lake. There is an area up there called Star Wars Canyon, and it has become kind of a tourist spot, a military plane watching spot, where a lot of these uh, sky jockeys will fly through these canyons at ridiculously fast speeds, super close to the people who are watching, so close, according to some, that you can see the facial expressions on the pilots. Wow, that is awesome. But... This plane was so close to people that not only do we not know the condition of the pilot, we assume, unfortunately, the worst. There were seven people on the ground who were hurt when this plane crashed. Well, couldn't it be from debris scattered in the area? Yes. And that's what I mean. But you're, if you're that close to the planes, this is a very dangerous thing to do. Although it's flipping Awesome. Have you gone? No. I'd love to go. The videos that you see, if you type in Star Wars Canyon, they're incredible. I don't think you're going to see it anytime soon. Um, Oh, you think they're going to stop this? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They say that the search is still underway. 
that the F A eighteen was on a routine training mission at the time. Ambulances were sent to the crash site near uh, Father Crowley Overlook, according to a park spokesman. And then initial reports were that seven park visitors had minor injuries as a result of this. Um, I I suppose, depending on what happened with the plane itself, those people could have damaged their hearing or something like that. That could be the minor injury as opposed to debris. There's a possibility. But... United States uh, pilots, foreign pilots, et cetera, that, that train in that area will go through Rainbow Canyon, is what it's t- technically called, near the park's western entrance. And they've been training there for decades, all the way back to World War II. But because this thing is red and it's got gray streaks in it and pink walls, it reminds people of Tatooine. Who lived on Tatooine? Wookie. Wrong. Luke Skywalker. I was in the same movie. You were, and that's at, we're at least a half a point. Uh, training flights are almost a daily feature, and they're saying that the uh, the jets will, will fly below the rim of the canyon, which is incredible. There uh, was a couple of witnesses who believe they heard the crash. One guy who lives and works nearby said he saw a cloud of smoke. And a mushroom cloud coming up out of the desert is never a good sign. No. He said it looked like a bomb. And to me, that speaks of a very violent impact. The jet that was following the plane that went down pulled up, started circling overhead, but apparently didn't see any parachute. So I could is, watch these videos all day long. I'm telling you, it's crazy. That is a good hole to go down. All right, coming up next, we've got a town in California that wants to be a sanctuary city, but not the way that we've talked about sanctuary cities in the past for illegal immigrants, but sanctuary city for guns and ammo. A Second Amendment sanctuary city. We'll tell you all about it coming up next. Please don't Big stories we're following today. Stocks took a bit of a negative turn in afternoon trading after the president announced more tariffs on some Chinese products. The trade talks moving very slowly. He says the United States will place a new 10% tariff on about $300 billion worth of Chinese imports. Also, hard-won budget debt deal has easily cleared the Senate. Following a, a drive really from both sides of the aisle to... Cement recent spending increases. Sounds spend, spend, spend. We all agree to spend. It's not our money. Uh, Democratic debate night three tonight? Not really. Uh, but if you are following uh, of the 20 people who were on the stage these last two nights during these Democratic debates, that number will be trimmed significantly by the time we get to our debate in September. As of right now, there are only seven candidates who have qualified to be in that September debate. There could be others. But right now, Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Harris, O'Rourke, Sanders, and Warren. So if you heard your favorite and uh, they're not on there, it means they haven't reached the criteria. They have to have 130,000 unique donors and register at least 2% support in the polls. And they have until the end of August, basically, to get those benchmarks. I was devastated to find out that Michael Bennett was not on my fantasy team. <laughs> and Nick's not here for a potential trade. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think this weekend is going to be really tough. I think by Monday, we're going to have a bunch of people we're going to have to write our love letters to. Yes, I think you're absolutely accurate. I can't wait. I feel like the city of Needles wants to secede from the state of California and join Arizona. Yes, that would be accurate. Very conservative small town. They want to become a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Um, I don't know how they're going to do this, but city officials in Needles are hoping that they can get the state legislature to allow the city of Needles, maybe a couple of other border towns there right along the uh, border with either Nevada or Arizona or both. They want the um, the legislature to allow these towns to be exempt from the rules on purchasing ammunition, which would allow people to buy ammo from out of state. And they want to have the states okay for concealed carry permits for people who have obtained them outside of California. The mayor in Needle says, for so long we've had to deal with the laws as they are. It's time to stand up and say enough. Now, this is about as likely as the bullet train. This is as unicorn dreamlike as the bullet train. Because California politicians would never give a stamp of approval to a kind of... uh, Anything goes Second Amendment sanctuary city. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I agree with the city here in that a lot of this stuff, especially because they are along the border and because they have such a there's such a likelihood that if anybody's going to want to purchase a weapon that would be illegal in the state of California, they're just going to go across the river. There's an economy argument in that, right? Because. Across that river in Arizona, towns are friendlier to businesses. They've got lower taxes, looser regulations and on many items, including firearms. And the officials in Needles say that it, the, the fact that there aren't easier restrictions in Needles puts them at a severe economic disadvantage. There was uh, some talk that the legalization of marijuana was going to be good news for Needles. I mean, they have a 10% cannabis tax. They have um, 82 permits for cannabis businesses since 2015. And the voters in Needles pretty pretty overwhelmingly supported the ballot measure that would legalize mar- uh, recreational marijuana. So they're saying that the, the weed industry has grown since then. Not that that is any connection necessarily to, to potential guns and ammo sanctuary city, but the... The money has been pivotal in funding improvement projects, and they're they're saying, why would we then, why not open up the economy to the guns and ammo customers and continue the improvements that we've seen in the city of Needles? Needles had long been a stop for people on their journey somewhere else, and they'd stop and get supplies and the whole bit, um, and and then... Of course, the railroad cut the number of of trains and things like that. And then Interstate 40 was built in the 70s and travelers were no longer stopping at Needles. And then the Great Recession hit and Needles has struggled to recover even more um, that small towns were hit more than L.A. Like L.A. is going to survive, according to the officials there when they talk about this, that we have too many people not to survive. But small towns don't rebound as quickly. The only grocery store there was shuttered in 2014. It was replaced by a 99 cents only store. Last year, that closed down. 
Its two-story movie theater has been empty for decades. So it's struggling, and and the town sees this as a way of uh, potentially rebounding. Um, this is interesting because you the, uh, Needles is not the only place that's doing this, by the way. Um, I believe Tehachapi is trying to do this as well. They're, the city officials have directed staff to study the feasibility of a similar move there. Big Bear Lake, I believe. There is yeah. an assemblyman up there that wants to look into legislation that would allow these individual cities to choose whether they want to acknowledge out-of-state concealed carry permits. I, I, I don't know. I mean, in a state like this or at a place like Sacramento that is so intent on fighting back against the Trump administration, I don't I don't know where this goes. And I, I feel like there's just such a a tiny, tiny movement, I guess, in terms of population. I think it's partly to uh, resist the liberal Sacramento as well as to say we're not all. We're not all like that in California. We're not all morons. Well, you know, we don't need to. We don't need to aim high, low. We can aim. What is it? When you go, when, when they go, go high. Low, when you go, when you go low, low. We go high. You don't be know best. The, you don't know the flavor of the Kool Aid. Be best malarkey. Fact of the matter is. That was the other crutch from last night, from yeah. Joe Biden. The fact of the matter and is. the first thing and the second thing, or first of all and yeah. second of all, it was driving me insane. We're so perfect. We're not. We say listen a lot. Yeah, we do. You and I do. Oh. But it, it is radio, so. it's, it's And we do want them to. But I mean, to, it's obviously right. people are listening, right? You don't have to say listen. It's redundant. We say it all the time. When we come back. <laughs> Uh, Andrew Mollenbeck is going to join us. There is uh, an attorney who has filed a lawsuit against the Department of Children and Family Services in the case of uh, little Anthony Avalos, a boy who died in June of last year and whose mother and mother's boyfriend are awaiting trial on his death. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon. I just wanted you to watch me Tulsi Gabbard went on TMZ Live today and blasted Kamala Harris for dismissing her as a one percenter. I mean, I don't think she's going anywhere after after uh, last night. That's the last appearance we'll see of her on any debate stage. Blake, can you give me a little audio over here? Blake, a little audio for the computer over here. Look, I'm a, a top-tier candidate, and uh, Gabbard is a zero or one percenter. It's pathetic, to be honest, because instead of dealing with and answering and countering the points that I was raising, the facts about her record, in whatever way she would choose to, she's instead resorted to, uh, you know, pithy comments and, and cheap smears. I think that's uh, a disservice to voters, and, and they deserve better. They deserve answers. They deserve the truth. Yeah, Where that, was that last night? She, she's... Well, last night, Tulsi Gabbard told Kamala Harris she needed to ap- apologize to all the people she prosecuted. Because uh, that's where we're living now in 2019, that you're now apologizing to criminals because they committed crimes and you prosecuted them for that. Odd. 
It was very odd. When we get to Swamp Watch at 1230, we'll talk more about um, the response from last night uh, and the night before, but from the Democratic debates in Detroit, but also who is qualified for the next round of debates because the the, uh, field is cut in uh, less than half, actually. So that would be a good thing. Well, uh, we have found out that an attorney representing the father, aunt, uncle, and siblings of Anthony Avalos, a 10-year-old boy from Lancaster who died last year, uh, is announcing a $50 million lawsuit against the county. Andrew Mullenbeck is following the story and joins us now. Andrew, I understand there was a press conference about this this morning. Yeah, there was, talking specifically about the wrongful death allegations on the part of the county and the negligence they allege that social workers had really for years. So again, this is going back to Anthony Avalos from the Lancaster area. And some of the allegations when we covered the case, it was so difficult even to say at that time. But this is a boy who was whipped. He was dropped on his head. He had hot sauce poured down his throat. Uh, Both the boy's mom and her boyfriend have been charged with murder. But now is the lawsuit. Uh, We kind of saw this coming because Brian Claypool, the lawyer for the other family members, had always said that it was a possibility if he couldn't get the information from the county that he wanted. And now today, yes, he's announcing a lawsuit against the county, uh, specifically saying that the Department of Children and Family Services has really not made any changes despite a series of abuse deaths. You will see in the lawsuit how horribly trained these DCFS workers were. They did not follow proper protocol set forth in Department of Social Services guidelines and in the Welfare and Institutions Code. They did not conduct proper and timely investigations of Anthony Avalos. And of course, as you will remember, and so will the listeners, that this is one of those cases where other people who knew the family, whether it be teachers, other school administrators, for quite some time had called in reports of abuse. Anthony had been removed from the family for a while. He was placed with his aunt and his uncle, but he was allowed to return back to his mother and her boyfriend, and that's where he was ultimately murdered. So a lot of it does have to do with whether these social workers or even there's a potential that he's calling for a criminal investigation into these social workers. Uh, There was a previous case in the Antelope Valley in which social workers were charged. Uh, So that is a component of this as well. What does the county say about this? Because we've tried to, to find out what changes were made after each and every one of these children were, were murdered on the county's watch. And it's been, vague at best when it comes to their responses. Yeah, and I think I've uh, showed up to each time the DCFS director has gone up to the County Board of Supervisors, and uh, they've all talked about transparency and promising to do better, but we really haven't gotten a lot of specifics on what that means or has that been implemented, uh, because, of course, just last month we had another four-year-old who died. Uh, They haven't specifically ruled that one a murder at this point, although his body did show signs of trauma. Uh, one other uh, that was the kid that drowned, right? And yeah. there Noah would be Quattro. Yeah, yeah. He, the the parents said that he drowned, uh, but then officials showed up and they found trauma on his body, and they said this doesn't look like a drowning to us. Uh, so that was another case, and again, that's the Antelope Valley. So over the course of a number of years, of course, you had Gabriel Fernandez, then you had Anthony Avalos, now you have Noah Quattro, and the pressure is really being brought to bear on DCFS about, so we have these similar circumstances, it would seem, surrounding these. What changes have been made? Uh, one of the speakers today was Maria Barron. Now, she is the aunt 
of Anthony Avalos. She and her husband have been very active ever since this murder happened a year ago because she and her husband wanted to adopt Anthony and his other brothers and sisters. They actually took Anthony into their home for a while and they wanted to keep him because they feared for his life. But he was returned to his biological mom's home and and that's when things really took a turn. But this again is Maria Barron talking about wanting this case to change how DCFS does its business. DCFS has really failed us terribly and Hopefully this is a wake-up call for them. So no more kids, not one more kid has to go through this. Not one more family has to go through this. One of the tough parts for her and her husband as well is Anthony's brothers and sisters have been placed with someone else. And this aunt and uncle say they don't even know where the brothers and sisters are. They want to adopt all of them. We're talking about five of them. Uh, But they say DCFS won't even tell them where their nieces and nephews are, uh, they want the opportunity to adopt them, but they say they haven't seen them in a year. We do know that there have been some changes, I think, in terms of the uh, the policies at DCFS when it comes to things like removal poli- uh, the removal orders for some of these kids. And it looks like they're trying to streamline this thing and get the mid-level managers out of it and make sure that the director of DCFS, in this case Bobby Cagle, is actually on the hook for some of these orders. These changes, I mean, we don't know we don't know a lot about, for example, the Noah Quattro story, but we do know more about Anthony Avalos and the ongoing repeated warnings that, that DCFS was dealing with. Is this um, is this a fix it? Is it a CYA? Is it going forward? Hey, we're we're never going to allow this to happen again. It's really interesting uh, how you frame that because this came up very much in the last month at the county supervisors meeting, and Supervisor Catherine Barker, who represents the area of the Antelope Valley, uh, took a, a bit of heat for some of her comments when she said. The goal of DCFS is always reunification with the family. She went on to try to explain what she meant by that, and she clarified by saying in some cases reunification is not possible because the family is just not up to it. But it it sort of, with a broad stroke, laid out the objectives of social workers, and that is whenever possible, they want children to be with their parents. And that's what we've seen in these cases in which maybe the kids were removed at one time or another, but they were allowed to go back to their parents. And that is going to be one of the issues that needs some sorting is, are there going to be any variations to that general policy that we want kids to go back to their parents? Or we've had too many reports about these parents. It's just not safe for these kids. All right, Andrew, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, just one other quick thing on this, guys. Uh, the, the lawyer is also calling for the Fed, specifically the Attorney General, William Barr, and California Attorney General Javier Becerra to have their own investigations into what's going on at DCFS. Okay, awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. We appreciate it. Yep, you got it. Andrew Mullenbeck there with the latest. And again, uh, it's the the family of Anthony Avalos from Lancaster, the father, his aunt, his uncle, and siblings uh, who are suing Uh, At this point, they announced a $50 million lawsuit against the county. All right, coming up next, the Brady Bunch house is back in the news. We'll tell you why and why it may involve you having a sleepover there. Gary and Shanna will continue in just a moment.
that determines if something is constitutional or not? The Who cons- is it? The Constitution. Right. And what what is there? Isn't there a group of people that decide yeah, on the, laws? Yeah, the Supreme the- Court. Oh, it's right. They right. are the Supreme Court, hence the name Supreme. Right. And they are the ones who decide whether or not something is constitutional, not some a-hole on Facebook. You told me not to read it. I told you not to. Which means you should read the comments on Facebook. No, she really meant don't read it. I know. You're not in a position today to read things like that, and I'm trying to protect you. I need a counseling session with Blake. Yeah, Blake apparently has been holding counseling sessions. We've got a magnitude 6.5 earthquake that has shaken the Chilean capital of Santiago. Oh. It's not Ridgecrest. Oh. Well, then I'm not worried about it. Another big story. The president intensifying pressure on China to get together a trade deal by saying that beginning September 1st, he's going to impose 10 percent tariffs on the remaining $300 billion in Chinese imports he has not already taxed. Some of the candidates who took part in last night's second night of debates with the Democrats have been speaking to reporters. We'll uh, we'll talk more about how they are being handled in Detroit uh, before they continue moving on with the rest of their campaigns, et cetera. We'll get into Swamp Watch at 1230. But, well, we talked about the Brady Bunch house. That's Jamie Fox. Oh, that's great. Um, he, HGTV is adding another layer to uh, another layer to the very Brady renovation. Yes, this next layer includes a chance for fans to live in the house for six days, from December 9th to the fifteenth. There's going to be a four-part series that's going to premiere in September that is going to offer, they say, an in-depth look. At what it took to mimic the TV show set, because it was only the home's exterior that appeared on the series. Yeah, that didn't. I I remember thinking that as a kid watching that show. How did they fit that staircase? That staircase in that home. It never made sense to me. I had the same thoughts. It was like not architecturally sound in my mind. Unless the. There was like an elevator at the front door that would take you down, and then you were the main area didn't was like below anyone, ground. Did anyone workshop that? I don't know that there'd be two little kids in Nevada and Petaluma <laughs> wondering how that staircase. Fits. I call BS on that show. Anyway, uh, HGTV bought the house last year for three and a half million dollars, and then they said that they recreated the inside of the home faithfully, including. The floating staircase off the entry. Mm, I don't know about that. Greg's groovy attic pad and the Jack and Jill bathroom that existed in the show. To experience it firsthand, six people, up to six guests, they say, need to produce a 30 to 90 second video to explain why you deserve to live like a Brady. You guys, should we do it? Should we do it and then we can stay in the house? And we can broadcast from there? Um, it would shorten everyone's commute. It would. <laughs> For that week. Blake and uh, Nick could use that Jack and Jill bathroom. <laughs> All right. They could get bunk beds. Yeah. Ooh. I get to stay in Alice's room because it's closest I to the kitchen. I get to stay on the staircase. I'm staying in my own apartment. Will you dress like Alice? 
for for the picture, yeah. Yeah. So you get a wig, I would do that. Maybe that's how we get you to win this for us, is we dress you as Alice. Okay. Although 2019, that's not that, uh, well, it's not that odd. You, here's what we could do. You dressing like Alice could I'll be a be Tuesday. Alice. Yeah. You be all three Brady girls. All right. You be Marsha and Jan mm-hmm. and Cindy. Okay. So do I do pigtails straight with the middle part or <laughs> like thick wavy? We'll have to work it out. Right. We're just we're just spitballing at this point, and then I'm going to say no to the pigtails at this juncture. <laughs> Nick would be all of the boys. Nick could be Greg and Peter and uh, yeah, and uh, what's his name? Yeah, and Blake will be the dog. And Blake would either be Tiger, mom and dad, Tiger, <laughs> or Sam the butcher. Oh, bringing, bringing like Alice that. the meat. Oh, I don't that, like it. There was something going on there, wasn't there? They were together between Alice and Sam. Yeah, yes. Yeah, weren't they dating? Well, or at least were they dating, they or were, were they flirting. or at least uh, they were flirting. did they bring ever, in the meat? Did they ever consummate their relationship? I doubt it. Did he spend the night? I don't know. We don't, we know. don't know. And then make breakfast with his meats. Mm. HGV said HGTV said the winner will post um, a very Brady renovation finale in November. <laughs> the grand prize would include twenty five thousand dollars, a curated LA tourist experience. They could. Here's the thing. They could save the money on that. I don't need a curated L.A. tourist experience. No, I just need you in an apron and uh... <laughs> it didn't sound no, right. No, it did not sound you right. You know what I mean. I'll let you amend that. You dressed as Alice. Okay, that's better. With the blue smock With and the, blue, the white yeah, apron. Yeah, the whole thing and okay. the hair. We're going to have to get you a wig. The hair, the clumpy like pantyhose with those big shoes on. And, and the stuff. quick wit. We'll have to find you some of that. Rapier sharp wit. <laughs> we'll talk trending when we come back. Gary and Shannon, right after this. Those smell so great. John and Ken are going to be so upset when they smell those fresh strawberries. I'll get them out of here before then. You know how they get when there's fruit. When Allie was in here on Monday, she had a taco salad. Mm-hmm. And I had to explain to her, sometimes people with sensitive noses come into our studio afterwards and complain loudly about... Vegetables and fruits. Right. I mean, if we had burgers all day, there would be no complaints. Fine, I can eat burgers all day. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the hour, we'll get into Swamp Watch, talk about what happened last night in the uh, night two of the Democratic debates in Detroit. The uh, vice president was really the target again, uh, although Tulsi Gabbard and Kamala Harris apparently are going to be the new, uh, the new, uh, what's the word, the new competition perhaps. They're going to go after each other pretty healthily, it looks like. Uh, I mean, at least in... It's not a good look. I don't think it's a good look, and I don't think it was smart of them to try and tear down Barack Obama, who is the Democrats' most beloved figure. You know, putting a target on on his back at this juncture is just a bad look. I think that because don't they want his endorsement? Yes, and I think that the first night those candidates handled it better. I think it's a better look to not go after each other. And I know you have to 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 separate yourself. But it just looks bad, I think, for the party. 
Am I allowed to have an opinion? I don't think so. I think this is really... All right, let's see what else is going on. Time for What's Happening. It's a particularly spicy day on the social media accounts of the Gary and Shannon show. Um, The president tweeted today that he's going to add a new tariff on $300 billion of Chinese-made products on September 1st. And he tweeted a couple of things about an hour ago. He said, our representatives have just returned from China. They had constructive talks having to do with a future trade deal. We thought we had a deal with China three months ago. But sadly, China decided to renegotiate the deal prior to signing. More recently, China agreed to buy agricultural products from the U.S. in large quantities, but did not do so. Additionally, my friend, President Xi, said that he would stop the sale of fentanyl to the United States. This never happened, and many Americans continue to die. Trade talks are continuing, and during the talks, the U.S. will start on September 1st, putting a small additional tariff on 10% of 10% on the remaining $300 billion of goods and products coming from China into our country. This does not include the $250 billion already tariffed at 25%. So he says, we look forward to continuing our positive dialogue with China on a comprehensive trade deal, feel that the future between our two countries will be a very bright one. So as positive as he as he made all of that, tucks in there, of course, that we are going to increase uh, 10% tariff on the remaining $300 billion of goods, which could be a lot of stuff. I mean, we, we know the list that we read the first time, but they're talking about this having to do with uh, iPhones that will be hit in this next list September 1st, uh, toys that will also be uh, consumer electronics, sneakers, that sort of thing, all of them getting that 10% tariff. Five Ohio police officers are facing punishment now over the arrest of Stormy Daniels. Uh, That arrest happened at a strip club at Sirens Gentleman's Club July 11th of last year. We're talking a commander, a lieutenant, a sergeant and two arresting officers have been departmentally charged in connection with this arrest. I originally thought this was described as a political um, move. That these the cops or at least the chief or somebody was in uh, Donald Trump's camp and they were going after Stormy Daniels to try to shut her up. But well, that was her argument in that federal civil lawsuit, right? But they also picked up Brittany Walters and Miranda Panda at the same time. Miranda Panda, what a great stripper name! That's a horrible stripper name. Really, Miranda Panda. I like it. <laughs> Anyway, they were it's all better than Brittany Walters. They were all arrested on suspicion of sexually touching a, pa- a patron while they were on stage, charged with inappropriate touching, inappropriate acts with customers, some of whom were undercover Columbus police officers. So they they figured that they were improperly arrested. So the five police officers now face punishment. Not going to be fired, probably, but they do face punishment. Baltimore airport officials have found another rocket launcher. This is the second this week. Finding one rocket launcher is odd in someone's luggage, right? But two in one week. Hmm. This is at uh, Thurgood Marshall Airport there. Baltimore, Washington International found their second device of the week. They said it was empty of any explosive hazard and was inspected by the military for safety. Do you know why this is considered safe? Um, well, why you can bring this back? It's just an empty tube. Yes. It's not really a thing. It's not even like a a bullet casing. It's just an empty tube. 
I'm not saying that that it's a great idea or that it would be a smart move to think that you could get it onto a commercial flight, but let's not let's not lose our money. An Air Force sergeant was the one who brought it back as a military souvenir, just like the other launcher found in luggage on Monday. Canton, Ohio. Did you say Monday? Yeah, sorry, it was my grandmother for a minute. Canton, Ohio, a woman had to be hospitalized for almost three months and had multiple limbs partially amputated after catching a severe infection. You know how she got the infection? I don't want to say. From dog saliva. She says, when I opened my eyes, I didn't know where I was. It was very hard to find out that they had to remove my legs and my arms. Very hard to cope with. That's an understatement. They had just returned home from vacation in the Caribbean, and they thought it was the flu because she was feeling nauseous. She had a bad backache. But suddenly her temperature spiking, and then it's plummeting. It went up. Uh, it went down to about 93 degrees. They rushed her to the hospital. They start aggressive treatments, and within hours, she starts developing sepsis. Um, Capnocytophaga. That is... Is the diagnosis, yes. That's a bacteria commonly found in the saliva of dogs. And a small percentage of cats. I don't care about cats. But they said they have two dogs at home, and they suspect that the dogs might have accidentally licked a small scrape on Marie's arm. That's terrifying, isn't it? The organism will cause large blood clots, restrict blood flow, lead to necrosis and gangrene. Doctors repeatedly removed dozens of clots from her limbs trying to save them, but there was too much damage. Okay, listen to this story if you're not grossed out yet. (laughs) There's a seven-year-old boy in India, and his mouth has been hurting him for as long as he's been able to vocalize that. And it started to swell recently, so they finally take him to the hospital to get checked out. (laughs) And they take a CT scan, and they take x-rays. And what they found in this little seven-year-old boy's mouth was a large lesion filled with hundreds of teeth. They removed a five-inch bag-like mass that contained 526 teeth varying in size. Some were just tiny particles. Others were actual teeth. <laughs> One of the doctors compared it to pearls in an oyster. Oh, well, that's sanitizing it oh, a bit, isn't nice. it not? That is nice. But now he's happy. He's living a normal life. He's got the teeth out of that mouth. Dad is thrilled. He says, I'm very happy now that my child is fine and relieved. He's eating happily, leading a normal life. The takeaway from this, if you feel like you have a bag-like mass with hundreds of teeth in your face, (laughs) a bag-like mass. Oh, for the love. And do they have the tooth fairy in India? Oh, damn, I didn't think of that. That kid just cashed in. Cashed in. That's nice. All right, coming up next, we've got a mob mystery coming to you from Chicago. You'll never catch me, copper. That's that's like old-timey criminal guy. Right. Like black and white shows type things. All right, Gary and Shannon. Shannon. Big stories we're following. More fallout from the debate last night. We'll get into all of it coming up in Swamp Watch. 
Also, that uh, heat wave that was setting records in Europe last week. Now over Greenland, and they said it's causing massive ice loss in the Arctic. The uh, the budget deal, the budget debt deal, has finally passed the Senate. It's on its way to the president's desk for signature. The president, by the way, is going to be, I believe, in Cincinnati this afternoon for a rally. So we'll see. Uh, it'll be fun to see his comments after the second night of the debates. What he gets into uh, in front of his campaign rally in Cincy. Well, we have a little bit of a mob mystery going on all about John Dillinger, who was a gangster in the Great Depression era here in the United States, in the Chicago area. He actually was uh, instrumental in the development of the FBI. Yeah, Ryan Burrow is joining us to talk more about this. There's a chance that the guy that's buried in Dillinger's grave is not John Dillinger, is that right? Well, if you talk to the family of Don Dillinger, John Dillinger, yes, they believe there is evidence that that man in that casket buried under the ground at a cemetery in Indianapolis is not the man that the FBI wanted for so long. A man who robbed more than 20 banks, who killed a, a police officer in northwest Indiana, a man who even robbed four police stations and managed to bail out of jail. I mean, he is your ultimate mobster from that uh, prohibition era you know the 20s and, and into the 30s and what the family is saying is they've got evidence showing that that is not him that the fbi did not kill him and they want to prove it and boy oh boy who would have thought the the history channel is willing to go in on this uh they're the ones who are who are putting something together some kind of documentary uh they're going to exhume the body they're going to test that dna uh, see if indeed the body that's there in that casket is John Dillinger's. Now, what's even more interesting is that today we got an email, very rare from the FBI to uh, to send us anything. And they said, no, look, the guy that we killed, the, the, the guy two agents killed back in 1934 outside of a movie theater in Chicago is John Dillinger. We have a death mask, which is something they used to do back then. They would actually plaster uh, the, the dead body, and so you could see and verify the face. They said, we've got fingerprint evidence. Trust me, we know who this guy is. We know he's the guy. Don't believe any of these myths. So that, that's where we're at right now. What is the evidence the family says that they have to prove otherwise? You know, they, they seem to believe that uh, the fingerprint evidence uh, was not correct. Uh, they seem to think that the description of him in the police report, including eye color, was incorrect. And as a result, they think there are some inconsistencies, and this is not the guy. And that there was a conspiracy that the FBI wanted to claim that they killed him or something like that? Well, the, the, the rumor is, is that this was a stand-in. Was this a stand-in that was set up by Dillinger? Was this a stand-in set up by the FBI? Uh, they don't know, but uh, that's something that they're putting out there. And keep in mind, too, there's obviously some kind of TV deal behind this as well. So yeah. uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Do we know how much of a TV deal? Uh, do we have any idea how much money History Channel is willing to put towards this? We don't. We don't. And we don't know the specifics. All we know is that uh, uh, the body was permitted to be exhumed. Uh, they had to file a, a formal public uh, request to have it exhumed uh, with the state of Indiana. state of Indiana agreed. In that uh, permit, there was no indication as to why this was going on. But it's the family who says that this is part of a documentary being put together by the History Channel. 
He had quite the colorful life when it came to his relationship with the media and maybe uh, some potential uh, early plastic surgery that he dabbled in. Yeah, and um, he also had, um, well, let's just say he had gonorrhea. And it sounded like that was very painful in his (laughs) life as well. And something he had to deal with. He was always in a lot of pain. Um, Apparently, he he went to prison and the the word is that he busted out because he got four guys to to try to convince uh, the, the whoever the deputy was or the sheriff was that he needs to be released. They asked, uh, you know, what are your credentials to come to me and say this? And then they killed him. And then they sprung him for a little while. So um, there, there's there's if you like your mob stories, if you like your gangster stories, that's one to read up on, because uh, there's there's a lot in that history that uh, that old uh, 1920s and 30s mob action in Chicago is, is something fun to read up on. It sure is. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yep. I'll watch that show. I'll watch that History Channel show. I love mob stories. Uh, It's a it's a blind spot for me. I don't they they don't motivate me um, for some reason. But um, yeah, 20, 20 banks in the Midwest in the early 30s. and, And like Ryan said, he was accused of also robbing police stations. That's bold. I can't imagine. Well, it's incredibly bold. But what do you get from that? Oh, you were they were they holding a lot cocaine, of cocaine, drugs, oh, all that? Uh, evidence lockers are packed with goodies. Um, he, he did court publicly uh, the media. He was very much into all the attention that he got. And in response, J. Edgar Hoover at the time, who was the director of the Bureau of Investigation, used Dillinger and his gang, the terror gang as they were known, as his campaign platform to turn the Bureau of Investigation into the FBI so that they could develop more sophisticated investigative techniques uh, as weapons against organized crime. Uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into Swamp Watch. We'll talk about what's going on in D.C. Uh, and for those people who want to get to D.C., including the uh, Democratic candidates, we'll talk about night two of the debate. Uh, the president also has a rally today. We'll talk about that uh, debt budget deal that was passed and is waiting his signature as well. Gary and Shannon. And this is how it goes. Big stories we uh, continue to follow include that F-18 crash out in the desert. They're still looking for the pilot. Uh, There were a few people who were hurt as well. Tourists recovering mainly from burns, being hit by shrapnel after the crash. Alex Stone's going to join us at the top of the hour and talk more about it. ASAP Rocky has testified at his assault trial in Stockholm, Sweden. Didn't see that on court TV. And he did everything possible to avoid a confrontation with those two men. Smart. He's accused with uh, two other men of beating a 19-year-old man. I think the attention that he got wasn't so good for him. You know, the attention from the president and all the celebrities... I think Stockholm wanted to make an example out of them. Yeah, they don't they don't like it when we try to get involved, I would imagine. Uh, did you see uh, the debate last night? I watched an hour of it. That's how we start Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. Drain the swamp. 
It's interesting, isn't it, the way that 2016's election and this administration has kind of had an effect on the Democrats as well. You look at the heat Joe Biden has gotten. Oh, he's uh, he's not aggressive enough. He's not going after anyone. He's he stops right away when time is called. That was weird. And weird. And it's like. All the things that were considered the decorum of a debate are out the window now. Yeah. People are going, they, the Democrats are going after Barack Obama? The hell? He's their their most popular person right now. Yeah, and everybody's waiting. Remember, Barack Obama hasn't endorsed anybody yet. I, I mean, we are way early in this whole thing. But the assumption is, or was, that he would endorse the guy he chose to be his vice president, Right. And Obama's been very quiet through all of this. So last night, night two of the debates in Detroit, and we saw a a different feel to it, I think. And on on Tuesday night's debates, there was a lot of concentration on four, three or four of the candidates who were trying to bring a moderate sound to Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and their incredibly left uh, super progressive agenda and they would say things like it's impossible to pay for all of this it's magic economics that sort of thing last night the only person who was saying anything similar to that was michael bennett and he did not he did not cut through at all i thought i was watching saturday night live during the opening statements when he spoke he, he was he was really bad and didn't make empty a lot of promises and I, are not going to beat we, trump I I am. Um, Obviously, a huge part of the discussion centered on health care and people arguing about the minutia of the details back and forth. And listen, a debate like that is not the way to figure out what your candidate or what those candidates are proposing. You have to go check out their websites. You have to go see the plans themselves, the way they lay out. And I don't think there's any other way to do that. The um, the issues of criminal justice reform also came up. Um, Joe Biden was in the crosshairs for that as well because of his support for the 1994 was it yes, 94 crime 94. bill and the suggestion that he is responsible. There was a line that blamed Joe Biden. Joe Biden is responsible for the life sentences for people in jail, not. The guys who did the things that got them caught when they broke the law, it was that Joe Biden is the one who is responsible for the life sentences. And then he had to fire back at Cory Booker, for example. Why did you announce in the first day a zero tolerance policy of stop and frisk and hire Rudy Giuliani's guy in 2007 when I was trying to get rid of the crack cocaine? Uh, Mr. Vice President, there's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Uh, Uh, Kool-Aid, by the way, liked that. Uh, The Kool-Aid man tweeted something in response to Cory Booker last night. Uh, What what Cory Booker didn't say at the time last night was, I thought it was going to work. And I needed to reduce crime in my city of Newark, New Jersey. He didn't say that. The other thing, uh, they talked about immigration. Um, Uli and Castro, uh, to me, seemed very condescending on this matter as he uh, as he went straight for Biden and saying, it looks like 
one of us has learned the lessons of the past and one of us hasn't. Right. I mean, I, I just thought that his tone, I, again, I think that people should still be respecting Joe Biden and what he, especially the Democrats, especially the people on that stage should be showing respect for Joe Biden. You know, the line that he said last night made it sound like he was listening to the show yesterday. Joe Biden said, you guys want to blast me because you think I have a poor history on civil rights or criminal defense or criminal justice or any of these things. Barack Obama had 10 lawyers vet me. Yes. And if he didn't like me or thought that any of that in my record was questionable, he would not have chosen me to be his vice president. I think what they're trying to do is just show this new face of the Democratic Party in 2019 is lefter than Joe Biden. Right. That he's not left enough. Which is, that's that's a recipe to lose the election for that. I agree completely. And and guys like John Delaney and Steve Bullock and even Michael Bennett and Tim Ryan from Tuesday night, they, they're trying to, they're, it's almost like they're the John Kasich character from four years ago, this year, where they're, they're screaming at the audience, what are we doing? What, will you listen to yourselves? You're talking about trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of unsustainable spending for fairy tale plans that all you're doing is acting like Santa Claus. We're not actually fixing any of the problems. You're just wiping them away or pretending that you're going to wipe them away and not looking at the repercussions of what you're suggesting. Who's going to get more voters out? Is it going to be Biden or is it going to be one of these fringe people that mobilizes uh the the younger people who's more likely to stay home you think it's the younger voters who are into the bernie sanders socialism ideas or do you think it's the people who are more moderate well it depends if you're talking about the primaries the primaries are almost always older voters more active people in the voting process younger people don't they don't get energized about primaries necessarily that could change now i'm saying i'm not i'm saying historically Primary voters tend to be older. So older people, I would say, are still in the Biden camp. Yes, absolutely. Democrats over the age of 40 are probably almost entirely for Joe Biden, or at least overwhelmingly for Joe Biden. So interesting with these front runners and how much the debate helps, you know, the Andrew Yangs of the world, but Mm. can hurt Biden. Because Biden has to have a like a perfect performance to to escape unscathed from these things. And right. he wasn't perfect last night. This is clearly not his arena. You know, when you think about the debates between Hillary and Donald, those were good debates. Those were strong performances. Those were formidable candidates. You you saw what what last night was about. And I don't think any of them are going to have the strength to to stand up against the president the way that he debates. The way that he that's the important thing is the way you know, it's not about information. It's about the appearances and the tones and the feeling you get watching these things, which is the sad part about how we choose who we want to lead our country. Absolutely is. But it's the truth. Right. Okay. so the debates uh, last night and the night before 20 people on the stage there. I think there were a few others that uh, didn't make the stage that are still technically in the race. This changes. There will be debates that will be held on September 12th and 13th in Houston. If there are fewer than 10 that qualify, they'll only do it on one night, which, man, that would make it a much much easier process. The candidates, the way the Democratic National Committee has set this up for September, middle of September, is... 
candidates need to have 130,000 unique donors and register at least 2% support in the polls. And they have specific rules about which polls and the unique donors, et cetera. They have until the end of August, I think August 28th, to reach these benchmarks. And if you look at those criteria right now, there are only seven people who match those criteria. So you're talking about the 13 of the people we saw over the last two nights, gone. The only ones that would qualify today, Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth uh, Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Pete Buttigieg and Beto O'Rourke. Those are the only ones that would qualify right now. A couple of others are on the fringe. One of them is Ulian Castro. The other one is uh, Andrew Yang. I guess Amy Klobuchar has met the polling threshold, but she hasn't met the donor threshold. So there is a chance that we could see as many as 10. If we have more than 10, they'll split it up over two nights. But as of right now, only seven qualify for that September uh, debate. All right. More Swamp Watch when we come back. Gary and Shannon. After Monica's news, we are going to get the very latest coming out of that Navy fighter jet crash. The Navy confirming the death of the pilot. Alex Stone is covering it and will give us the details. We've uh, been talking about the debates, of course, for the last two nights. I wanted to read this tweet. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Eric Holder, a few hours uh, into the debate, or I guess during the debate, said, To my fellow Democrats on Twitter, Uh, Be wary of attacking the Obama record, build on it, expand it. But there is little to be gained for you or the party by attacking a very successful and still popular Democratic president. Acknowledge the achievements, then build on them. Expand the possibilities that Barack made available. Do not attack the good faith, tough choices made uh, then for short term, ultimately harmful political gain. Now, as Democrats, we need to be proud and smart. Yeah. And especially when you're trying to court the African-American vote. Yeah, why? Dumb, dumb, dumb. I think the part of that is is a reason that Joe Biden has the incredible polling numbers that he's got so far. Yes, because of his he's connected to, to that time. And exactly. nobody acknowledges, like, hey, maybe that's uh, probably not a great tactic is to go after that. Do but. you see what this uh, Fox News woman uh, tweeted about Kamala, Kamala Harris? New. It's, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Tommy Laren. Yes. Tommy Laren. Uh, she hosts a show on Digital Fox Nation, mm-hmm. and she's got some. She's got a lot of visibility with with Fox News. I see her a, a lot on on the telly there, on panels and things like that. And she tweeted, "Kamala, did you fight for your? Did you fight for ideals, or did you sleep your way to the top with Willie Brown?" Ooh. Now, she did have a relationship with Willie Brown in the 90s when he was Speaker of the California Assembly. She was, uh, she was working in City Hall. She was working she? in City Hall. Willie Brown controls San Francisco, and you need his blessing at that time, especially to, to rise politically. And so that has been a comment that other people have had. She tweeted that and has now apologized for the tweet. 
which everything I know about this personality seems odd to me that she would that apologize she for that. I think that it, outside of the political thing of uh, the the political nature of what she was asking, it comes down to a cheap shot. Um, that that it, it comes down to a gender thing. Why would one woman say that to another woman? Oh, really? I, I think I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't know the the genesis of the uh, the apology. If well, somebody uh, called her I'll out just on apologize it, apologize to Morgan for everything that I've said to her for the past two days. No, no, if I'm not women saying women are not allowed to. I'm not saying women shouldn't be allowed to go after each other because you guys want to have a cat fight. Get to it. Yeah. Just just go. <laughs> I am not going to get in the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a pretty weak. Yeah, cat fight. we expect more from you. I'll work on it. Um, the Senate uh, approved a two-year bipartisan budget, bill, uh, budget deal today to send to the president's desk this deal that would put an end to the threat of a default. It would uh, ease the path toward funding the government past September 30th. We're at least not – I mean, listen, it sucks because we continue to borrow and borrow money and continue to go into debt. But we won't have the continuing every two or three months version of the debt ceiling as – we're going to default and the government shut down and all of that. The president was smart enough to work on this deal to get it to go past the election so that this is not an issue that's going to be talked about, or at least he thinks it's going to be an issue that's not talked about. Democrats, if they have anything going for them, will say, what happened to Republicans being the party of fiscal conservancy? They uh, found of, out that voters don't care about the deficit. That's, a, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. It's not – nobody thinks about it. It's all fairy tale numbers. You assume the government's going to print money to get out of whatever problems that may create for itself, but – well, starting September 1st, we are going to effectively tax every product that Americans buy from China. This was a bit of an unexpected announcement from the president today, saying he's going to impose new tariffs on $300 billion worth of those imports from China. This comes on the heels of two days of talks in Shanghai with Steve Mnuchin and the U.S. trade representative trying to work out a trade deal. But the talks have been slow moving. So the president came out with this today. He also tweeted that uh, one of the agreements that he came up um, uh, came to with President Xi of China was that China would stop selling fentanyl into the United States. And he says that hasn't happened. And uh, I'm not sure how much the government controls all of that or has the ability to control all that. But it's uh, it's an excellent point. I'm glad he made it. All right. When uh, when we come back, we have a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, Mark Saltzman's going to join us. We're going to be talking uh, Thursday Tech Talk, the world's first Virtual Reality Massage Center has opened up. We'll talk Hmm. about that. uh, Maybe a sneak peek at what iPhone 11 is going to bring us with our 10% tariff on the iPhones. All of that and some strange, um, strangely scientific stories when we come back. Hmm. One o'clock. What those are about? I don't know, but we'll read through them, won't we? Mm -hmm. Probably sometime before then. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. 
Also listen to us on iHeartRadio just about any time you damn well please. Still watching some of the fallout from last night's night two of the Democratic debates. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, only seven of the 20 people who were on the debate stage last two nights, only seven of them are currently qualified to uh, be in the debate coming up in September, in the middle of September. So there are a couple on the fringe in terms of making the uh, ma- meeting the criteria needed. But uh, that would trim the trim the fat a little bit, shall we say, by the time we get to a debate in September. Well, the Navy says that that pilot of the F-18 fighter jet that crashed has been killed. Alex Stone has been covering the story. Alex, do we know anything more about the particulars of this crash? Well, we know that that this uh, jet went into the the canyon wall. This is an incredible area, what's known as Star Wars Canyon, out in Death Valley, that people flock there. It's out in the middle of absolutely nowhere, but you get so close up to these jets, and to see them below the rim of the canyon going through, and, and that's why it's called Star Wars Canyon. It looks like Tatooine. It looks like the, the pilot maneuvers in Star Wars going through the canyons and uh, some of the, the real sharp turns that they have to make to avoid the, uh, the ground and the canyon walls. So you do get very close, and in fact, in this case, it was too close for uh, a family of seven French tourists they're the injured. When we first found out last night that there were injuries and it was people on the ground out in the middle of nowhere, the question was, well, how did they get hurt? I, I, unless they were hit directly by this jet and then they wouldn't have been able to survive. But it turns out that the jet was so close to them, it hit the, the canyon wall and then pieces of it went flying up and a lot of them burning pieces. So they've got burn injuries now hitting them in the legs as they were trying to run away. But that all of these little fragments of the plane hit them, and, and then they were able to get medical attention. They're mainly minor to moderate, but they did get hurt when this plane crashed. Uh, this, this specific area, the Star Wars Canyon area, has been used for decades, right? Yeah, back to the 1930s. Uh, that They've been using this uh, for, obviously, not fighter jets back then, but for training going through the canyon walls. And pilots say that what they're able to do in this area, which is about 40 miles or so north of China Lake, of Naval Air Weapons Station, China Lake. Big area of military airspace there, military land. They can pretty much do whatever they want to in there. But it gives a unique opportunity to be able to go through these canyons. They're very colorful canyons, but the walls are very tight. It's training that the the Navy and the Air Force, they say they really can't do anywhere else. That They're able to go through these canyons. There's nobody in the area, typically, except for on the overlook where these people were. Uh, and there's nowhere that, that they can really match what they're able to do here to, to do that real narrow uh, of threading the needle through these canyons and, and having to avoid the walls. Unfortunately, in this case, this pilot, for whatever reason, was unable to avoid. So the Navy doesn't have any plans to, to stop activities in the area? No, nothing as of now. They need this training area. They've used it for a long time. Uh, who knows what went wrong? We may never know in this case since the plane was obliterated. Uh, we heard from one guy who runs a, a motel in the area, and he said it's a resort, uh, that there, he went in to make sure everybody was okay. And as he was going down a dirt road, that he all of a sudden realized he was in the debris field and stopped immediately. But he said the debris field was nothing bigger than the size of your cell phone. And it was all a couple of inches big that he saw no way that this pilot would have survived. The hope was that the pilot was able to eject 
and that maybe he was somewhere out there and just waiting to be rescued, but now they've determined that, that no, he died as well. It's really on the canyon wall, a black mark, and that's all that remains now uh, with the little pieces of the plane scattered all over. That there, It doesn't appear there was any time for this pilot to eject. Do you know if this um, this Star Wars Canyon, this Rainbow Canyon, if it is specifically within the boundaries of the Naval Air Weapons Station China Lake? You know, I don't know. They have got incredible amounts of land, and we learned a lot of this when we were up doing the uh, the earthquake coverage in Ridgecrest, that uh, China Lake, the, the land that they've got is just, I mean, it's it's huge. It's It's the size of some East Coast states, and they, uh, it's one of the biggest that uh, the, the Navy has when it comes to property, and they do a lot of testing there. It's, you know, a lot of the other areas that we have out in the Mojave Desert, they do similar things. But I would assume that it is within some of the boundaries, not obviously where the, the weapons cache is located, since these people are able to go out and stand on that overlook. But it, it's definitely based on what they're able to do, military airspace where you wouldn't have commercial or general aviation in it, they have to stay out of there. And much of that area is blocked to anybody but the military. But if this land is actually controlled by the military, I don't know. All right. Alex, we appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Thanks, guys. Alex Stone there with the latest. Again, that F-18 that went down yesterday, they have said that the uh, the pilot was killed uh, in that Star Wars Canyon area. Don't you, fi- don't you love to find apps that save you money? Yeah, I don't have any. Though. You don't have any of those? I don't think so. Well... You know what? what? Today is your lucky day. Why? Because when we come back, we're going to be talking to Mark Saltzman about which apps can help you save money. Apps that add up to bargains for you. Yeah, like crying. Do you feel like you're in a better mood now? I'm working on it. It's been three hours. Do we have any candy? No. Oh. We, yeah, you do in the corner of your office. Thanks no, a we, lot for telling our secrets, Mom. We ate. Oh. All, no, we ate all of that candy. <laughs> oh, we did. We ate all that candy. We wow. ate all that candy. Wow. You all think right. you think fat shaming me is going to get you out of your bad mood? Hey, fatty. <laughs> think again. Ooh. Wow. Things are about to get a lot rougher in here. <laughs> you know when you pour barbecue sauce in your mouth and it's spicier than you thought it was going to be? <laughs> I just felt that. That was, that was a little Cholula. <laughs> Gary and Shannon, I will order us more candy in the break. My eyes are watering. Just like fire. Ah, good times. Sometimes when you laugh so hard, you hurt. Yeah. It hurts your head. We uh, saw the president today announce that there will be an additional 10% tariff on about $300 billion worth of products coming in from China. Yeah, talking at the White House today, the president criticizing China, saying that they've been taking hundreds of billions of dollars a year from us. Stocks didn't like that too much. Uh it closed, uh, let's see, the Dow closed down 281 points today. A uh, pretty significant steep drop right after the announcement was made about middle of the day uh, in terms of trading. So. Ooh, and Lollapalooza gets underway today in Chicago. 
Do you think Ryan Burrow was in yes. or outside Lollapalooza yes. while he was talking to us about John Dillinger? Yes. Ah. Oh, by the way, Brian Suits texted me to tell me that Public Enemies is a great film about John Dillinger starring Johnny Depp as Dillinger and Christian Bale is J. Edgar Hoover. And I just watched the trailer. It looks pretty good. Yeah, it just it came out about 10 years ago. Hey, on Thursdays at about this time, we welcome in Mark Saltzman. We talk about tech. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Brought to you by Skynet. All things smarter than us. That's uh, that's what we talk about. Mark, how are you? How are you doing? I'm Have you wonderful. heard about the NBA 2K trailer? I've seen one that was posted about a week ago. Is there a newer one? Did I miss? Yeah, my, there's as one. As my head is in my computer. There's one that allegedly came out today with Kawhi Sweet. in that Clippers uniform dunking on the Raptors. Oof. And apparently it's caused widespread outrage in the great <laughs> so north. So I'm glad I did not see this. Yeah. I just wanted to be the first to tell you about yeah. it in a safer space. Well, thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. I've been on like constant deadlines today, so I'm going to go uh, Google that when we're done. <laughs> Hey, let's talk maybe, about maybe not. <laughs> let's talk about uh, saving money with apps that you mm-hmm. can throw up on your phone. I I don't think I was I don't think I have any apps that are saving me money on anything. Yeah. So if any of your listeners read my my articles in AARP or USA Today or Costco, a lot of it focuses on how tech can save you money. Apps are one part of it. And then there are a few. And of course, different kinds of apps. Some are tied to shopping, of course, ones that give you money back from your online purchases, others that uh, carry all those circulars or coupons in your pocket, like Flip when you're at retail. And uh, you can you know scan your phone and get your loyalty points is all that. So I love all those kinds of apps. And then there's, of course, the mar- online marketplaces. You can save a bundle if you're looking to buy something online through a place like eBay or more locally, Craigslist or LetGo. I don't know if you guys have used LetGo, but very popular app for finding great deals on not just tech, on anything. And then, of course, cleaning out the clutter. Like if it's the summer and you're like, okay, I want to get, get rid of this stuff in my garage or in my in my closets, you can make money and then put it towards something you want. So LetGo is a good one. And then the last app, we'll get into smart home tech in a moment that can uh, shave off money off your electric bills, is uh, Text Now. This is a great app that gives you a free phone number, incoming and outgoing, for calls and texts. There's no catch. It's called Text Now. You choose the area code that you would like, and then it'll show you some available uh, numbers there. And then you can have it on your phone. A lot of people use it actually as a burner phone. So speaking of LetGo or Craigslist or eBay, you may not want to give your real phone number out to somebody that you're meeting in person. So even on your existing smartphone, the TextNow app lets you uh, use another phone number for incoming and outgoing texts and calls. And uh, it's a great app, and I've been using it for a while. I'm actually going to visit their facilities next month. So TextNow is another app that can save you money because you don't have to pay for another landline. And if you're using Wi-Fi, like in a hotel, maybe you're traveling this summer, and you're using Wi-Fi in the hotel or in the airport, then it's also free to make calls, right? So good good stuff there. Have you heard of that one? TextNow. It's one word. I've heard of it. I feel like I used it before when the kids were first starting out with phones to give them an option for a Yeah, on their iPod Touch or something, Yeah, right? Or on their this actually works on iPads too, so or, or any other you know Android tablet. So that's a good one there. And then yeah, so also smart home tech can help save you some money. We've talked about in the past Wi-Fi thermostats. 
that can shave, you know, a good quarter of your heating and cooling bills uh, a, a year. So 25, up to 25 or 23 to 25% off, depending on whom you ask. LED lights, SIP rather than gulp electricity, and those costs are coming down. And you can also look for those um, seasonal rebates, so you can really save money on LED lights. About two years ago, my wife Kelly and I uh, pulled the trigger and we got rid of every single light bulb in our home and replaced it with LED, and we saw a significant drop in our costs. So that's another way how, how tech can help save you money. And uh, yeah, if you Google my name with that word, uh, save money, you'll be able to see some other articles as well. All right. I will admit I do have a smart thermostat. So maybe that's the one app that I have that's going to save me. Some there money. you go. <laughs> see, tech can help you out. That thing uh, took a, a while for me to figure out. When, when I say a while, I mean like three more minutes than I wanted to spend on it when, when it was first installed. The, <laughs> what are they called? The Nest or yeah. whatever? Yeah, and yes, it was like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those days when you come home and it's 110 outside and you can't figure out how to use the freaking thermostat. You just want to <laughs> use the little lever that you that you know You're and love. To. The um, old lever. But, You're dating yourself there. I know. You know, it's it's the, the real magic of these thermostats, I think, is not just in the ability to control it with an app, whether you're home or not, but it starts to get to know your schedule. So if you leave the house every day at, say, 7.50 and you come home every day at 5.20, it knows the optimal temperature that you like when you're there. And otherwise, you know, some of them have like an occupancy sensor, so it knows if nobody's home. And, uh, you know, why do you, why do you need your air conditioning cranked all day if no it's one's so there? Like it's, it's so true. It's so true. You're just wasting your money. It cooled yeah. down the house right for when you get home. Right. Yeah. Like 20 minutes before you go home, crank it. Unless you have, of course, kids or pets or whatever. There's all, not every situation is the same, but I like that these um, smart thermostats are getting smarter all the time. What in the world is a virtual reality massage? <laughs> well, it's the first in the world and it's in LA. It's in Wilsh- on Wilshire at the, in the SAG AFTRA building. It's oh. called Escapes. And it's spelled E-S-Q-U-A-P-E-S. This is the world's first Very virtual reality clever. massage center. I know, right? So it fuses, as the name suggests, it combines a virtual reality experience, and there's 10 custom experiences, like being on a beach or a desert spa, or it's kind of like a high-tech cabin is another one, or floating on water or a garden. And it, it mirrors that with these really advanced massage chairs, apparently. And it doesn't just stop there. That sounds relaxing enough to me. And I didn't try escapes yet, but I will when I'm in LA next. But I have tried a similar thing and it's super relaxing as you can imagine because the what you know you've got that VR headset you can look around it's as if you were transported to another place a more tranquil environment but it goes one step further it also adds scents like some smells and uh things like wind or heat so it it's like those 4D rides at like Disneyland okay. that uh, really make you feel like you're there yeah and it's hey it, and without breaking the bank it's uh, 45 bucks for a 30 minute session so I think that's pretty fair. And I like that it's in like a business complex. So, you know, you want to have a little 30 minute, um, you know, relaxation, uh, slash massage, uh, reprieve before you go back to work or before you go home. I think it's awesome. So it's called escapes. I'm very eager to try it. E S Q U A P E S. And the website is myescapes.com. I'll have to go drop cool, off right? you my, gotta try. You my guys union are, payment. How, how far is Burbank from there? Yeah. It's only so, a, so far. It's just over the hill. It's not too it's bad. A, it'll yeah. only take three and a half hours to get there. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. traffic. LA traffic. Yeah, true. Mark. Then you're going to need that massage, right? Yeah, then you're going to need that VR escape, right? 
Mark Saltzman, host of Tech It Out, writer for USA Today, AARP, and our favorite tech guru. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, guys. Likewise, we'll chat with you next Thursday. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some uh, some science stories that we have here. These are... Um... Is it like that woman who lost all her limbs because of the dog saliva? Oh. Or the kid with the 526 teeth hidden in that lesion? I don't lesion. want to do that one again. The 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 teeth filled bag in his face. <laughs> yep. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're strange. We'll talk about some strange science stories when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Just. Big stories we are following. The president intensifying pressure on China today to reach a a trade deal by saying he's going to impose 10% tariffs on the remaining $300 billion in Chinese imports he has not already taxed. Stock market took notice, closed down a couple hundred points. Police in uh, San Francisco overnight broke up a protest outside a federal building, an ICE building, by a group of demonstrators. They set up tents overnight. Uh, early today, San Francisco PD cited and released, they said, 16 adults, one juvenile for what they called illegal lodging. Puerto Rico's governing party, they're saying, is in full-blown crisis. The confirmation of the nominee to fill in for the departing governor delayed into next week, so we don't know who's going to become governor when he leaves office. Just kind of up in the air. It's tomorrow, right? He's out yep. tomorrow. Yep. All right. Uh, hey, we got some cool uh, sciencey stories here. That's uh... oh, strange science. That's a good one. It's like weird science, but strange. Robots still creep me out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. Robots still they have should a... creep you out. Well, there is a uh... there's a new model of robot that people in Berkeley, not just random people, scientists, robot assists in Berkeley have come together and made it's a small robot they say it's about the size of a cockroach and nearly as hardy as the actual cockroach because they said if you try to crush this robot under your foot chances are it's just going to keep going a lot of times when you make small robots like this very small scale robots they tend to be very fragile but they're saying that this one uh, can actually survive having a lot of weight on top of it so it was accidentally crushed or crushed for whatever reason, it could potentially still go. Now, they say that it's going to be used or it could be used in search and rescue missions to squeeze into places where dogs and humans cannot. Yeah. Environments where it's too dangerous as well for humans or dogs to go. Think of a building collapse in an earthquake or something. Right. This is they said this is one of those things you would you would release a bunch of these into the cracks and crevices of whatever's left of the building and try to find uh, people alive under there. Wasn't now, there a movie where there was a bunch of robotic cockroaches scurrying around? There was a Tom Selleck movie um, where robots... Are you going to look it up? Or you I'll look, look it, it up. up. <laughs> there was a Tom Selleck movie where something about uh, the robots went bad. Like he was a police officer and they were using robots and drones, etc. To, to go after bad guys. Runaway? Yes, Runaway. Now, here's another story about robots, though, that I think is a little weird. When you think of a robot, just a picture in your head, whatever, if it's a fictional robot, a robot in a movie, robot in a TV show, something like that, picture that. Real-life examples of robots, like 
Osimo from Honda or Walker from Ubtech or Boston Diamond uh, by by sorry Boston Dynamics Atlas robot. Most of them are made with shiny white material, and there is a study that was conducted by the Human Interface Technology Lab in New Zealand that says the reason for the shades of technological white may be because of racism. That the bias against black robots is a result of bias against African Americans. I have a quick question. According to the lead researcher. Before you go any further, if you live in New Zealand and you are a Kiwi, do you say the term African American? I don't know. Or do you just say somebody with brown skin? Or are they tailoring that message specifically for the United States? I'm assuming that's the case. Okay. Because he was talking to CNN. I okay, believe. well, then yeah. that, I guess that could be okay. Now, researchers think that this is an issue that needs to be addressed. If robots are supposed to function as teachers and friends or carers, for instance, it would be a serious problem if all of these robots are ever only occupied by robots that are racialized as white. The robots used in the study are clearly robots. I mean... This is not Westworld where you can't tell the humans from the robots. Uh, They said that they do have human-like limbs and a head with exterior complexions that are white. I mean, not white like white most often, but pink. How about robotic contact lenses? Researchers at UCSD have created robotic contact lenses. All you need to do is blink twice with the contacts in your eyes, and they'll zoom in up to 32%. Now, my question Could here you is: Imagine the accidental blink. That's what I was just saying. <laughs> I was just saying, thinking that I'm like, what if you just blink twice, like normally, ah, ah, and then you, oh god, ah, and then you blink again because your eyes freak out, and then ah, like when you're driving and you did that. Could you yeah, imagine that? That's a liability problem. Scientists placed an elastomer in between two electrodes, which activate with an electrical stimulus provided by your eye. Well, obviously, how else were you going to do it? I, 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 you don't need to explain the minutiae. The activated electrodes cause the elastomer to expand, resulting in the zoomed vision. And then another double blink deactivates the zoom and sets vision back to normal. Listen, I have a hard enough time with earbuds, like tapping your earbuds to yeah. make it skip a song or something like that. Right. I can't imagine doing that with a with your eyes. And didn't we do? Didn't we go through this with Google Glass? Wasn't that supposed to be ubiquitous by now? Everybody was supposed to be walking around with Google Glass on their face. Have you have you ever seen anyone wear that? No. Do you know the last person I saw wear that? Do you remember the story we did last week about the Canadian um, friend who wanted to go get waxed? And was still transitioning from oh, from male she to wanted female. to have her penis and her testicles, right? Yeah, uh, and her... they were saying no to her because it's a woman's uh, waxing establishment, right? And they don't they don't handle those parts. But in why are we her, talking about her again? In her social media accounts, all of her uh, oh. pictures were of her wearing Google Glass. Oh, why were you combing through her social media? I don't have to tell you about my free time. Up next. Hackers could use self-driving tar- cars to create mayhem. Mayhem. 
That's terrifying. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. I'm on fire. I'm a fireball. even listen to us half the time so i don't you should, i miss uh, those moments download the podcast on the iHeartRadio app yeah. just uh, download that app and you type in the gary and shannon and apparently we had a magical moment of modesto radio mm. she's shannon i'm not doing it yeah do it she's shannon a former economic on, and he's it. gary it's 150 10 minutes before the hour back she's to he shannon. said she said <laughs> All right. Uh, former economic advisor for the Obama administration had some harsh words for Democrats. Apparently, he listens to the show mm-hmm. because he said that criticism of Barack Obama, it was cringeworthy and it made for a bad night for the party. He says it was the circular firing squad that President Obama warned us all about. Unfortunately, Joe Biden was stuck in the middle. They referred a couple of times to people who voted for Barack Obama, but then voted for Donald Trump in the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. And I know that there I mean, there are thousands of people, tens of thousands of people who did that. But is that what's going to push them over the edge is targeting that specific group of people? I don't that didn't make sense to me. And I don't know if that's. That is the target that they're going for. But anyway, mm. we talked earlier about the swipe right guy. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. um, the guy who was like Mr. Swipe White, right of 2016. Right. And uh, we were asking Monica about her dating profile because he had a list of tips on how to stand out on Tinder, how to get that that right swipe. And we got a date. We got a potential date for Monica on Facebook. Does Monica? Does Monica golf? Oh, I do not. Uh, I drive out there if she'd like a date on the golf course. That's... I've I've never played. I've played mini golf, but I've never played. That's a start. Well, it's golf. exactly the same. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. Oh, that I'm in. The goal is the same. Well, you didn't even ask about this guy yet. Uh uh-uh. uh Tell me more. <laughs> you and I. <laughs> that face. <laughs> like we got... That's not what that face said. <laughs> we got a date offer on Facebook. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh-huh. how boring I am. <laughs> Uh, we, we've been talking about some weird and strange science stories. Car makers are, of course, making cars with all of the smart technology, internet-connected vehicles in some cases. And a study by scientists at Georgia Institute of Technology and Multiscale Systems suggests that if hackers are able to find serious vulnerab- vulnerabilities in these internet-connected cars, that they could they could stop traffic in entire cities with the push of a button. The study uses the science of physics to predict how traffic patterns are affected by vehicles that stop in the middle of the road. Annoying. And then by factoring in various types of roads, the number of lanes, traffic density, the team was able to simulate how even a relatively small number of frozen connected cars could bring entire cities to a total halt. If you like to know the science of traffic and how it moves, there's a great book, and it's called Traffic. I'm going to find out what the offer is right now, but... It's a, it's fascinating about how, how, what? I'm listening. How it makes more sense to travel in like the, the exit lane, uh-huh. you know, more cars the in lane. the exit lane in the far right. It actually eases traffic. And so, you know, when, when, when people get mad at people in the exit lane, it's actually, they're helping alleviate some of the issues. I just don't think I've ever heard you say something like you usually say, if you really like 
murder mysteries or like suspenseful thrillers. You should not if you like reading about traffic, there's a great book called Traffic. It's called Traffic, Why We Drive the Way We Do and What It Says About Us. And it's by Tom Vanderbilt. It was a national bestseller. What? Yeah. Man. Um, they talk about these cars. The, one of the co-authors says, with cars, one of the worrying things is that there currently is effectively one central computing system and a lot runs through it. I mean, that's not in good each news. individual car. Cars with internet-connected control features already exist, and we haven't seen any sort of widespread hack or anything like that. But we do know that you can you can break into a car. There was, a, I think it was a Jeep Cherokee, or I think it was a Jeep Cherokee a few years ago. Someone demonstrated the capability of controlling, not not steering or you know pumping the brakes or anything like that, but like making the turn signals go, changing the radio station when it wasn't in, when, you, when they weren't trying to, uh, or when the driver wasn't trying to. The researchers discovered that a tipping point at which the number of stalled cars would totally halt traffic. Basically, all you do is you randomly stop about one in five of the cars. They said twenty percent, which seems really high. I would imagine if you if you stalled one out of every one hundred cars. Where they stood in traffic, that would be enough to just completely gum this place up. It was a pair of hackers that demonstrated to Wired that they could remotely hijack that Jeep's digital systems just over the Internet. It resolved in a recall of 1.4 million vehicles for Chrysler. Yeah. Uh, NASA says that they've made several discoveries in recent days, including a planet with three suns, wait for it, and a sun with three planets. An alien planet that is potentially capable of supporting life among the discoveries. If you're if you're scoring at home, if you go to star GJ three five seven in the Hydra constellation, that's the one that's like thirty one light years from Earth. Give or of take. course, one light year is equivalent of six trillion miles. Give or take. Yeah. Um, so it's on the outer limits. the The planet that we're talking about is on the outer limits of what would be G. J357D's habitable zone. Which means it's going to be got to get about the same energy that Mars gets from the sun and we all know that Mars is the home. It's to- this is exciting because it's humanity's first nearby super earth that could harbor life. But we're not going there. Let's do a quick gas go around. What's the What's the question? GJ3 Who okay. would you send to live there? <laughs> Lake was already shutting everything down. Okay. Who in this building would you send to live on the new super Earth? 31 light years away. Million light years away. Oh, I'll just send John because he wants to go. So I'll just be nice and send John. Which one? John Oh, okay. We've got three Johns around here. Yeah, Kobo. Okay. Morgan. Ooh, if Blake's sending John, I'm sending Ken. Oh. Well, that only makes sense. Right. Yeah. Don't have I want them to stay together. All right. Um, Monica, Blake is sending John and Morgan's sending Ken. Who are you sending? Oh, Chris Little. Chris Little. Okay. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Who are you going to send away to another planet? Don't you want to send your boss away? Who do I want to send away? I like everybody too much. I don't oh, want anybody to go. Oh, lame. I'll send Ray Lopez. 
Oh, wow, you really, you guys are t- just taking a big dump on that show, huh? Super Earth <laughs> is getting a little overpopulated. All right, uh, tomorrow's um, tomorrow's Friday. Don't be a Thursday Eve Friday person because I'll lose it. John and Ken coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody.